happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Actually, the day after, but happy, happy belated Mother's Day, Mom. Oh, thank you. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Because you are the mother of a kitty. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Not quite the same thing. I hear it's a little more difficult to handle uh, human children. Well, I don't know. <laughs> we raised Siamese. You know, we had Siamese for nine years before we had children. And I said, I don't want any kids. Really? You didn't think you were, you were going to have kids? No. We were married a long time. We were teachers at school. And I thought, being a teacher at school, why would we want uh have the bratty kids like this? Yeah, exactly. Why? Yeah. Why would you want that? I, I thought, I don't know. I don't want that. And then I got to thinking, hmm, I'm getting older now, and I'm... I might like a kid because I saw some nice kids out there and I thought, well, I'm going to be different when I have kids. I'm going to spend all my time with them and I'm going to make them laugh and we're going to play and let's just have kids. And your dad said, okay. Did dad want kids we or were... was it just something you guys like always figured you'd do? We figured we'd do it because we had like a thousand kids at school. Well, not that many, but I thought, you know, if they're going to grow up in this world and act like that I don't want any kids and everybody said oh it'll be different when it's your own I said oh I hope so because Siamese cats have been very difficult to raise (laughs) (laughs) she's one of a kind a character a little bit crazy during these turbulent times I find a little bit of my mother's folksy wisdom to be really comforting welcome to OK Boomer wisdom from a boomer to a millennial and then we had uh, our first one, and then 16 months later we had one, and then you came three years later after that. And I quit work because, you know, being a teacher, I wanted to stay home. I, I, I guess I put a guilt complex on myself. I said, I don't want somebody else raising my kids and seeing their first steps. I want to be there. I want to be there all the time because my mother, you know, when we were growing up as a she was there and I want I want to see the first steps I want to hear them talk and uh, so I quit work everybody thought I was crazy how long did you I said, oh, how long did you quit work because I remember you not working part of that time um well how long was that was that after Sean or was that after Michael right after Sean was born um I took off like uh three months and then I went back and I felt very guilty he was born in December and then I I said nope I'm going to stay home because I want to have another one. So I got pregnant right off. Uh, Sean was um, nine months old when I got pregnant with uh, Michael. And uh, I said, nope. So I told him I resigned and uh, gave up the job and then stayed home and watched them. And then before you were born, I worked part-time. They had me come back a little bit half when the boys took their nap. Uh, we had a little, you know, we had the different sisters Pansy was the first babysitter, then then we had Alice, her sister, and then I got pregnant with you, and I said, I'm going to stay home. So, it, I didn't go back. I and then raised Ethel, all three of you kids. Ethel watched me. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Pansy, Sometimes. Alice, and Ethel. 
and they were wonderful because they would say, oh, do you mind? Uh, there was a few leftovers here, and I just uh, happened to make a pie for you. I said, what? Yes, I don't want to sit around. And I did your laundry and made your beds. Is that okay? <laughs> I said, go for it. And we try to throw some more cash in, but uh, uh, then after uh, that, I, I wanted to stay home with you kids because I wanted to raise you. So that was choice I made. Oh, I would just, I'm on a porch and I just saw a beautiful little hummingbird. Hmm. I didn't ever, I never knew they were so beautiful coming to the feeder. It's neat. So <laughs> that's why. I'm sorry. I had to tell you that because it just happened when I was just out here on the porch. Yeah. And I haven't seen one. Hummingbirds are beautiful. I wish we got hummingbirds. We get pigeons. You don't get those in you? Oh. It's all right. But pigeons are actually kind of pretty. They're beautiful. Um, They're like doves. Yeah. Yeah. Just dirty doves. No, actually, their colors are... <laughs> but their colors are really pretty. Anyway, that's pigeons. Um, yeah, so... How was this Mother's Day for you? It was completely different, right? Than normal Mother's Days? Yes, it was different because... Of the hugging and the kissing, um, Sean's boys were at, with their mother, but they'll come by and see me because any day could be Mother's Day or every day could be Mother's Day. But uh, Mike and Tara brought their boys by, and I looked at uh, the youngest one, Theo, and I said, Theo, I really miss your hugs, and I miss you. And he just grabbed himself and hugged himself really tight. He said, Nana, this one's for you. Oh. oh, oh. <laughs> and then I played a game with uh, Ari, who is six, and uh, he, it was so neat. He just uh, played the games, and I, I put my mask on, my kitty mask that I made. And he, of course, at this age. Mom is a very special playmate for little kids. She could play for hours and not get bored, and the kids won't get bored either. Whether they're making up songs or singing songs they already know and adding actions, or if she's telling stories with her signature voices. Pillow, and uh, we played uh, the three little pigs, and we couldn't knock the house down, <laughs> and that was fun. <laughs> it was it, it was it was it was sad, but it was good. I'm just thinking of all the other people who don't even have children, and it's always sad. Uh, bittersweet for me because I think of all the the mothers who've tried to have children and they never could or they've lost their children to death and it would be hard for them to celebrate something that everybody celebrates yeah. now Do you, so I thought of that too you have a favorite Mother's Day memory either of your mom or one when we were growing up um, there's a memory I'd like to uh, tell you though I remember when I lived in Fullerton and my brother. I talked to my brother about it yesterday. It's a memory um, of Mother's Day, and Mother had I worked all night as a waitress, and of course it's always on Sunday. And I made a card from Grandma, Aunt Gertie, and uh, that day uh, Pat was gone for a while. And we didn't know he was. I was eight years old, and he was nine. And I said, Pat, uh, do you remember that day the police brought you home? He said, Yeah. I was hanging around with a bunch of kids who stole everything, and we were in a store. 
And he says, but I didn't want to steal. He said, but I did take one thing. It was, it was Mother's Day, so I took a card. And I said, oh, you did? Oh. So he took a card, and the policemen were so nice. They brought him home, and they said, ma'am, we're not going to press charges because uh, your son loves you, and he didn't have any money, so he stole the Mother's Day card. And he gave us the card, and uh, he said... Uh, and he wished her happy Mother's Day. And Mama said, oh, God, love you. And um, he took, she had that card for years. I do believe I still have it in all my uh, memory stuff. But uh, he learned a lesson that day, not to steal, but yet he wanted so much to give his mother something. But the other thing I was going to say is uh, Mother's Day was kind of neat when I was around five. And when the times were happy, um, because Mama was an Avon representative, mm-hmm. and I used to go with her, and she was very outgoing. She had a lot of customers, and she'd say, now, Terry, she's a girl. She can come along with me, and I loved it because she would let me sit in the car for a while if she had a, a customer uh, that was going to be very quickly, uh, and I would play. She said, "I," She said, Terry, you can sit here in the car, and I want you to be a really good girl, and I'll let you sample the lipsticks. They were very small, not even an inch long, little samples of lipsticks, and I would just have a ball. She'd give me the ones that the customers didn't want, and I got to play lipstick. <laughs> <laughs> and when she come back to the car, she'd look at my lips. Can you imagine a little five-year-old? Mm. <laughs> I didn't get it on my pretty dress. I just got it all over. <laughs> I looked like a clown when she came back in. We've, we've talked a lot about your mom in, uh, in previous episodes, and mm-hmm. and she was a cocktail waitress for a time, and I think you have some good memories of that as well. Um, some people, especially in that time period, would not think it's a great place to bring a child into a bar, but you learned a lot about people and maybe mm-hmm. about drinks uh, <laughs> while you were there. I did. I I learned that there were so many great people, kind of like, you know, you watch on Cheers where everybody knows your name, mm-hmm. uh, and they wouldn't mess with the, the kids. Kids would always go to the bars and get, I'd order a, Mama would order me a Shirley Temple and the boys always got Roy Rogers. I don't know why they called them because it was very popular drinks back then, you know, virgin drinks, what so a, they didn't call them virgins. What is a Roy Rogers? <laughs> You know, it looked just like a Shirley Temple, but a little brown. I don't know what they'd stuck in it to make it. <laughs> oh, so Coke instead of, maybe it was Coke instead of uh, Sprite or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yes, I think so. Mine was a little pinkish, uh, the Shirley Temple. But I met a lot of neat people there. And, uh, you know, I told somebody that w- once that I, I saw a lot of Christians and a lot of good people in bars, sometimes more than I saw in the church, because the people in the bars... Uh, were drinkers and they were truthful and they were all religious the ones that I saw and I learned a lot about people but if anybody got friendly with us and mother would say uh, that's my daughter uh, leave her alone she was very protective of all of us children you know, Pat and I would dance together and do the bebop and uh, we had a lot of a lot of fun uh, when she, I didn't get to meet him but mother when she worked in Vegas uh, she would was a cocktail waitress and uh, also this cafe 
that Louis Armstrong used to come to. He he could entertain on the strip, but he couldn't uh, eat and and stay in the hotels. I don't know which hotel the, the African American people stayed in, but uh, he would come to her and uh, he was a regular customer to mom. And mama loved Louis Armstrong and he called her Goldie. I said, mama, you, you got to see Satchimo? And she said, oh yes, we were really good friends. I would wait on him and we would talk and I would tell him I'd miss my children. They were in uh, they were in uh, the Ozarks in Missouri with their grandma where they could be safe. He says, well, and he he would always say, well, Goldie, he called her Goldie because she had blonde hair like Marilyn Monroe. She says, how's your kids doing? And she would talk and she said he was the nicest man. And I thought that was so neat that she met Louis Armstrong. What? A lot of people don't believe that story, but I do believe it because she, why would she even lie about it during the 50s when uh, well that was common the black and and, a lot of people were you know if she was working in vegas she most likely met a lot of celebrities uh-huh she 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 did and uh who else did she she also, she met um judy garland as well didn't she yes she did she met yes uh when mama lived in la brea california she used to go to the park. I mean, she's around ten years old. She told me this, and she saw a little girl there, and she had a lot of. She had a, not a nanny, but I guess they call them nanny or, you know, overseers of young people, guardians. Yeah, she saw a, a young girl there about her age, and they started playing, and and she said, "What's your name?" "Oh, my name's Julie." She says, "Well, my name's Elsie," and they would play on the playground together and have a good time, and. And, you know, Mama, Elsie was just by herself. And she said, well, what do you do? And she said, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm into, I make movies. And she was very calm. And she said she didn't even act like she was a movie star. And she said, well, what, what are you working on? She said, well, we're working on a, a, a movie called Wizard of Oz. Can you imagine that? Mm-mm. And she said, and so Mom said, that's neat. Well, she probably didn't say that's neat, but she thought it <laughs> but was you're just making, really nice. Cause you're they, making the story better. It's, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, because I don't know. They didn't say groovy back then. They, probably, they swell. I think she said that's swell. <laughs> and uh, and so they met a couple of times, but Mama said that, that uh, she seemed very lonely. Mama was playing with the little girl, but she just seemed kind of lonely. And she said, I'll come be your friend. So they played a couple of times at the park together. What memories do you have of your mom protecting you as a child and being a mama bear? She was the biggest mama bear of anyone I knew. Uh, when we would be around people that were not so pleasant, she always had her arms out protecting us, especially uh, if we had a stepfather who was on a drunk. We did have one stepfather who was pretty violent, and uh, she would take instead of when he got mad he never took it out on us because she jumped in between if he was going to hurt us or hit us which we were very lucky they never hit us or hurt us they did cuss at us a lot mother would get between us and she would take the beatings he would drag her in a room and you know my brother pat would have to go and um 
call the cops because we didn't have a phone the neighbor. He did that several times and they would take him away and take him in jail and put him in, put him in uh, the county jail. She was always protective. If anybody even looked at us weird, she'd say, that's my daughter. I remember one time having a party. Mother had a party and uh, we were upstairs. That's when we lived in another project. And uh, I remember there was all noise and people having a good time and some stranger came into my room and uh, I just remember he said oh, he just came over to my bed and and looked at me it was a man and I woke up uh, and I said I did I, I just pretend I was asleep I, I I woke up and then I closed my eyes real quick and then it was just one second she came in in there and she said, "What in the hell are you doing in here? This is my daughter. There's my son's in the other room. In the other room, you get downstairs where the bathroom is. If you have to go to the restroom, you leave my kids alone." So I think she oh. uh, locked my door then, or uh, pushed the bed in front of it so no one could come in. Because I think she would have killed them if they heard us. That's wow. how she was such a. Great mama bear. When I hear these stories about mom's childhood, it makes me sad. Sad that she didn't have the kind of childhood I had. But I realized that the reason that we had such great childhoods was because mom wanted to provide us something that she didn't have, that safety. Because that's all we had is one bed. Mom sleep on the couch. And uh, I would sleep with mom sometimes, and she gave the best cuddles. She'd just throw her leg around me and just cuddle me real tight. <laughs> said, Mom, that's too tight. And uh, one thing I'll just have to tell you, I I felt so guilty about this. She was working two jobs, and we were on the welfare, and uh, she was saving her money up. She had this cute purse. I just loved it. And I started looking in the purse. All you could see in the purse was her lipstick, her cigarettes, and some pennies. And I thought, hmm, and some cheap perfume. I don't. So I would take uh, the perfume, and I would just put it on me, and sneak around you know she was taking a nap during the day so she could work that night and i i took out seven pennies and i thought oh this is great i'm gonna take these seven pennies and when the ice cream man comes around playing his song on his truck i'm gonna run down there because one popsicle costs seven cents (laughs) so about every other day i'd have (laughs) I didn't tell anybody this. I wouldn't even tell my brothers because they would want it. Uh, I would get a popsicle. And then one day she said, well, Terry, uh, has anybody been in my purse? And I said, yes, Mom, I just took a couple of pennies. Oh, honey, don't do that anymore. I was saving that for a loaf of bread. Oh, no. (laughs) She, it only cost, I think, it was 23 cents to get a loaf of bread. And then I said, oh, Mom, I won't do that anymore. I thought it was just change. She says, well, you need to ask me, and then we can save up. But we got to have some bread. I said, okay. So I was really sorry about that. I know some people might wonder, like, why was she married so much? And why did she have uh, these abusive husbands? But at the time, it was, um, I'm assuming, uh she was trying to get you guys into a better financial situation and get you into a house or a more permanent situation. Yes, uh, it was very common back then. Uh, You didn't have a lot of safe houses to go to. 
uh, and uh, she, she would always think they would change. She thought she could change, and it's it's the same cycle that goes on and on and on. You see now, these safe houses. Uh, you think you're going to change somebody if they're an alcoholic, but you don't change anyone, and you keep going back to them because you love them. I wanted to ask you a little bit about um, the last episode we did. I know it ended up being kind of emotional. You weren't expecting it to be, and then it became um, more difficult the next day and the day after, and I apologize if that uh, if that uh, left you with uh, a lot of sadness. But, um, but I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about that if, uh, if you would like. And you said you had mentioned that you realize that maybe you hadn't processed some feelings and that's part of why we wanted to talk about some good memories of your mama but um, also give Mm -hmm. you a chance to process the hard ones oh yeah yes it it stayed with me I I never knew that it was that bad at the time that no one came to my graduation I thought well I just keep positive and greater things are going to happen but I hadn't really dealt with it, and uh, I was depressed for a couple of days and thought about what if I knew someone that no one would go to their graduation or they would stay and work, I forgot to tell you this, at the college during Christmas because they had no place to go. And you got a sack lunch and you just stayed in your house, you know, stayed in your dorm. And so. And that was what you did on the holidays? Some some holidays, because I didn't have any place to go. No one was close by, because Grandma had passed away. And uh, I would stay, and I would go down Point Lookout, and I would take my little Bible, and I would pray, and I thought, you know, I've got God, and I can talk to Him, and everybody's with somebody else on holidays. And I just, I dealt with it, but, you know, so many years have passed. 50 plus years and I thought I felt sorry for myself that day when we talked about it and I thought well why that's okay you can feel sorry for yourself well I thought well I thought I was strong and then bringing back the past uh, opened up a lot of memories that I hadn't dealt with Um, and I think through the years that when I worked with children you know I brought 15 kids home your dad and I tried to raise other children and give them hope um, I thought I could give, pass it on and give it back what people had done for me. But I just, uh, I, one day I just stayed in bed last week after that and I cried. And I, I thought of, I've had it really lucky and there's always someone else. You know, like I have nice shoes and some people don't even have shoes at all. But I wish I could hug that little girl which is me, the child. Embrace a child within yourself and love that child. And I do. Good. Yeah, you can do it now. And I do. Uh, you know, I've embraced myself. One thing that that you know my husband always tells me is um, because I think you guys were always like, well, think about how fortunate you are, and you have it better than these other people. So therefore, you know don't feel so bad about your situation you know you're very lucky and there is some truth to that how lucky we are but also 
he would always remind me what he learned from his therapist is that you can't just compare your pain to other people's it's it's yours and yours alone and and you're yeah. you're free to feel sad or you know embrace yourself and and have a pity party sometimes because that's your truth and that's how you're feeling mhm you told me that and it's okay to embrace you okay mom the, the sad child and to use emotions they're okay those those are part you can't hide your your feelings but it took me a long long time to love the little girl inside of myself but i'm okay she, she the little girl turned into a lady <laughs> <laughs> that learns to laugh and, and and opened my eyes to see the world a different way so this has been a very great healing process for me to bring out these old old wounds that that we've opened up well, and I thank you for it because thanks because that sounds like, awful just yeah Erica has has me open up old wounds <laughs> oh I needed to I started to do some of that and, no it doesn't honey thank you for it mm-hmm. oh I, I wanted to mention also that my uh my grandmother uh was so loving and and I loved her so much but she couldn't care a tune you know She'd sing that song, put another log upon the fire. <laughs> and my, but my mother would sing every single day. And uh, of the old, she's, she sounded like Doris Day or Rosemary Clooney. And my dad sang every day too. So, gosh, I, I, you know, my grandma, our mother, my mother, your grandmother, Elsa. <laughs> Mom, what are you going <laughs> to give this change to? <laughs> I don't. I was trying to tell you. Uh, after you kids were born, she was a new person. She she was older in life, but she said you guys were the cutest kids, and she, and she would buy you everything. Remember we talked about that before? Yeah. <laughs> and and give you candy, and I said, uh, why did you do that? I wasn't going to give my kids any candy. Oh, and I, I, another memory I had of Mama, uh, when I was 13, she thought it, I was, it was a passage of something. I don't want to came 13. She bought me a semi-formal and a corsage. I believe it was an orchid. And, gave, and had a porterhouse dinner for me because she thought steaks dinners were the best. Ooh. And, and I thought, what am I dressed up here with my mom eating? And... She would eat a while, and then she'd run over, and she'd say, Now stay right here and eat this three-course meal, and I'm I'm about to hit a jackpot. <laughs> and she was right next door. <laughs> so this was in Vegas? And I, yeah, this was in Vegas, and she would come back, I, and I would eat real, real slow. It, just, it was just Mama and I. And <laughs> so I finished that whole meal, and... Uh, I said, Mom, did you hit it? And she said, no, not this time, but we will. But she loved to play uh, the slots, and she also loved to play Keno. Keno was a game like, uh, to me, it was like the lottery. Like you play, and you pick out the numbers. And she, she every time she'd win something, and uh, she'd, she'd spend um, the money on us kids, buy us a really nice outfit. If when we went to school, we didn't have a lot of nice clothes, but we always had one outfit we'd look really good in. 
What do you think are the most important things that you learned from your mom? To live life to its fullest because you never may know when the rainy day is going to come. She used to say, eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow Tomorrow, your, <laughs> your TV tube may blow out. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we'd do. We'd have steak and then we'd eat beans the rest of the month. And she, she taught me that it was so important. Life was so, so short to love the people that you have around you. Hug them and tell them they're so meaningful. But in those days, parents didn't tell their kids that much. You know, she did that as a younger uh, person. But when I got uh, when I got older and became in college, you know, and I was the homecoming queen, I did all this other different stuff, and mom would never brag on me. And she didn't really brag on me. She would tell the neighbors. But when, on, when she was dying, I'll never forget, I said, Mama, you know, you told other people that you were proud of me, but you never told me that you were proud of me. And she said, I thought you knew you were the only girl. In those days, you know, they just assumed that we knew they loved us. But I said, were you ever proud of me? And she says, oh, honey, I was always proud of you. I just didn't know how to tell you because she had no self-esteem in herself. Mm. And uh, she says, I love you, and I'm so proud of you. And we just hugged, and I thought, I wish you would have told me that sooner. I would have started believing in myself sooner. Yeah. We don't need to wait. We need to tell them then, you know. Tell them right now. Like I, like tell I me, say, I love you, Erica. I'm proud of you, Mom. <laughs> Thank you. You're a great mom. But I used to say... Oh, you don't have to tell me that. Yeah, you do. I like it. <laughs> oh, stop. No, and please. I tell you, Keep going. I, <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't hurt to, to brag on your your children. I try really not to brag on you guys. All three of you kids have been so successful. No, you don't. And, uh, you do it all the time. Oh, well, I try to not to brag on... Uh, do I? Yes. Oh, well, I try not to brag to other people because when I was a teacher, people would say, my kid is so talented. You just need to cast my child in the leading part because they're so good. I said, oh, yes, they are very good. Some of them weren't very good. Some of them had talent, some of them didn't. But, you know, I didn't want to be a casting, you know, one of those moms that are backstage, a stage mom. Yeah. I try to be modest. <laughs> Because you don't, you know. Sometimes you're good you, at being modest. Sometimes. Really? <laughs> Sometimes you're well, good at being modest. Sometimes you're not. But I do remember when you you came to see me on Broadway and you were backstage. You didn't oh say a word. You just said nothing. Mouth closed. I had told all these people, you're going to meet my mom. What a character she is. And you just, oh, you didn't say a word. I cried. I was just a, a hot mess. <laughs> I was so upset that your ancestors weren't there to see you because they had all passed. And uh, I wanted to talk to your friends and tell them things. And I was so emotional that there was my daughter playing the lead on Broadway in Carousel. And I was mad because the uh, ancestors weren't there. And so I went and talked to the star keeper because I kind of think he was close to God, you know. Oh, he, is, he was a wonderful he kind of star is. keeper. 
Yeah. <laughs> and I said, I'm upset. And I was crying. He said, well, honey, what's wrong? And he hugged me. And I said, well, I just miss my mom and my dad. I want them to, to see Erica today. And uh, and I said, you're the star keeper. I'm, I'm just kind of mad at God right now. He said, oh, don't be mad at God. Because, you know, because he's the star keeper. <laughs> he said, they're there. They're here. They saw her tonight. They're up in here because I know I'm the star keeper. They're up there. They're in heaven and they're looking down on her. I said, okay. Then I came back to the dressing room, remember? Mm-hmm. And I was okay. And then I met your friends and I, I couldn't quit grinning. Your dad and I, oh my gosh, and Pat Allen, we were just there going like, 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 you know, beauty queen grins. <laughs> I'm surprised I wasn't waving at everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and then when you went to sign autographs, I was just like, that's my girl. <laughs> But, you know, I wouldn't have been able to do that had it not been for the ancestors, right? Because there's a whole lineage of storytellers and musicians that we came from. That you... you, We stand on there. On the shoulders of giants. Is that what it is? We are. Yeah. Because they were storytellers. They played the fiddle. Oh, my gosh. There are times when being a performer is extremely lonely. You're living away from the ones you love. And you're putting in long hours. And then there are times when I sit on that stage and I look out at the audience and I realize that I feel closer to my family in those moments than I could doing almost anything else because I'm doing something that they do and I'm carrying on a tradition. And this is part of why I do this podcast, to carry on a tradition of storytelling, of hopefully healing within ourselves and trying to heal within the community. And I'm grateful for my mom for teaching me to keep doing that every single day. Work on it every day. And that's why I'm proud of you. You work on your art. No, you know, you're not having an audition tomorrow, but you're still working like you are. And you're writing. Yeah. And I'm just, I couldn't be prouder of you. And, 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 and would you just, that's all I want to say. Would you sing me your favorite song that your mom would sing to you? That's how we can end this. Oh. My mama done told me When I was in pigtails My mama done told me Hun, A man is a two-face He'll give you the big eye But when that sweet talking's done A man is a two-faced Worrisome thing to sing you the blues The blues in the night Hear the train a-calling My mama done told me there's blue in the night. Is that enough? (laughs) From Natchez to Mobile. (laughs) Thanks, Mama. But wait, she's not done. Oh, we ain't got a barrel of money. Maybe we're ragged and funny but we're driving along singing a song side Side by by side. side you love that one yeah
You were just two, and you go, Ma, well, okay, you're you're not little anymore, and I'm not little anymore. I'm older and wiser, I hope. <laughs> Thanks for listening.